Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Everybody, this is the Sporting Edge. We are back. I'm here with Roz and, and Roz. We've really neglected my favorite sport on this show for a long time. Major League Baseball is in full swing now. We're 10% through the season. Pretty damn good season so far, I have to say. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the mix that I didn't think would be there. Um, one of those teams being our hometown Chicago White Sox, being led by Avisel Garcia, who's hitting in a 420 clip right now. Unbelievable. Uh, the Cubs are actually. Excuse me, the Sox are actually playing better than the Cubs, believe it or not. And, you know, Roz, I know you wanted to talk about your favorite player. Bryce Harper is killing it right now for the first place Washington Nationals in the NL East. So, you know, what, what are you seeing so far this season, Roz? You know, Bryce Harper's hitting a lot of home runs. Uh, Eric Thames on the Milwaukee Brewers, a guy who went overseas, played in Korea for three years before coming back, is also killing it, leading the league with seven home runs. So, Got a lot to talk about in this first segment with the major leagues. Yeah, no, it's been very exciting to start the year off. Obviously, you've got those Cubs fans across the country. They're either like, oh, we're doomed to not succeed. They fell under 500 for a little bit. But like we said, Xander, we're only 10% in. And what I do appreciate about the 10%, and you did bring it up because I'm a happy, happy man. I mean, I'm a true Cubs fan at heart, but I love my guy Bryce Harper. And after the rough season he had last year, batting 240, not hitting those typical numbers we were expecting, especially after he came off an NL MVP season, Bryce is back, baby. And he has six home runs to date. He's tied for second with a bunch of people. I mean, another person we should talk about in a little bit is Freddie Freeman. I think he's super exceptional at what he's doing right now on a terrible, terrible team. So kind of, kind of those talks again, that me and you have about maybe he's a trade person you know like we got to move Mike Trout out of LA we got to get Freddie Freeman out of Atlanta I mean we got to put them on some good teams so yeah Freddie Freeman I mean he's such a great player it's a shame that you know the Braves have really done nothing to build a team around him for the past five or six years I mean you know the Braves for the longest time were the you know the picture of consistency in Major League Baseball with Bobby Cox was you know it was almost automatic that they would win the division each year and Freddie Freeman, I mean, he's he's a, a really a guy you can build a franchise around. He's cornerstone first baseman, um, and each year he's get a little bit older. So I could see him being a trade target for a lot of teams. I mean, that kind of bat, a lefty power bat. I mean, they're they're, they're pretty hard to come by. No, and, uh, yeah, no, and a guy uh, as good as him who can also hit for average. I mean, 
is an awesome player. No, and I completely agree. And I guess what we want to bring up, I mean, we're super early, so we can't count anybody out of any race at this point. I mean, what I wanted to bring up to you and kind of get a little bit of a pull from like our fans listening to the show is if we had to do a, almost like a preseason, although we're not in the preseason anymore, but like our first initial thought of potential MVP candidates, Xander, I'm, I'm looking to you to pick one from the NL and one from the AL. Um, and obviously I'll toss it right back at you, but who are you thinking is going to be our potential MVPs in the MLB this year? Well, I, you know, early rough start for this guy, but I am a really big fan of Xander Bogarts on the Boston Red Sox. You know, he had a career year last year. Um, and like I said, a little bit of an injury-prone injury start to this season, but I think he is going to be the key catalyst for a Boston Red Sox team who I think is, is in the top three in the AL. I mean, they will fight for the pennant and you know it's going to be a tough it's going to be a fun division to watch i mean you look at the orioles yankees and red sox i put those teams i think i got them in my top seven right now so xander bogarts is a guy from the al that i'm looking out for and i think this guy is going to be a key cog in the mets making a world series push Johannes cespedes um you know if you watch major league baseball you know who he is one of the biggest boppers in the league Two home run derby titles, hit three home runs in a game already this year. He's a guy I'm looking at that is going to be a big factor in this Mets playoff run. And I guess it's never too early to make a prediction, but I have the New York Mets as my 2018 World, oh, excuse me, 2017 World Series champions. They're a 12 to run right now. Take them. Yep, that's interesting, and I'll obviously get to my pick here in a second, and you know I'm a guy with money, not with money, but looking to make some money, and uh, I'm going <laughs> to tell you where me and you can invest, but like you said, the AL is very interesting, and actually my team that I have coming out of the AL is the Houston Astros, and I think George Springer, or if I totally botched it, no, I am right, George Springer, look at me, getting my names right this week, Xander, that's always a positive, positive. and I think he's going to be a candidate for the AL MVP award, definitely a silver slugger potential, so I think he's going to help that team, I mean, that team stack, Jose Altuve as well, Carlos Correa on that team, I mean, that's a yeah, good look. and I think the Astros, I mean, the interesting thing about them is I think their success directly um, revolves around Dallas Keuchel. Yes, I mean, he's having a great ago, start. He was unbelievable, and last year he just fell off the map. This The Houston Astros just struggled all season. They could not get into a role. And now this year he's back. I mean, he's pitching unbelievably well. And they, they've got those young pieces, like you said, Altuve, Correa, Springer, yeah, and I, um, Evan Gaddis. They've got a lot of pieces. Hey, are you putting them up against your uh, New York Mets in the World Series? You didn't even give us our AL candidate. No, my AL candidate is the Cleveland Indians, a team that is kind of struggling right now, struggling to find their identity. Um, you know, they got them in the 11th in the power rankings right now. You know, they, they've struggled so far, but I have no doubt that Terry Francona is going to get this team back into shape. I mean, now that they've got a healthy starting rotation with Carrasco, Kluber, Salazar, Bauer, um, and Josh Tomlin, who was, I, I thought, a great piece on the team last year. You know, really got propelled into a, into a tough spot in the playoffs with the injuries to Carrasco and Salazar. But this team, I think, you know, also with Andrew Miller, is the deepest team in Major League Baseball. I think they've got a great back end. They've got a great bullpen. And they will get going, no doubt in my mind. Um, you know, division also, I think, is going to be relatively easy for them. I know the, the AL Central is bunched up right now, a bunch of teams right around 500. But, you know, when you look at it, I think the true contender will be the Detroit Tigers. I don't think Kansas City has what it takes anymore. 
And obviously, you know, the White Sox are playing great right now, but I don't think they're up there. And Minnesota, I think, is another very average team. So I think once the Indians get going, they are going to steamroll this division. But, you know, we're only 10% in. Absolutely. And like you said, it's definitely super early in. And since we have just been hitting the head with the AL, I'm going to give you my NL side. And I I totally don't agree is where I was going with your uh, pick of the Mets. But first, I'm going to give you my NL MVP. Obviously, I've got my man crush on Bryce Harper, so I'm going to roll that one out there. I think the Nationals are going to finish with the best record in the NL this year, and I think he's going to be the catalyst behind it. So I think he will be that, the NL MVP. record in the NL. Yes, that's wow. that's my bold prediction. I love my Cubs, I told you that. But I will have the Cubs advancing from the NL into the World Series and eventually becoming the fourth NL team to win back-to-back. I mean, it's actually the third because they're already one of the teams that have done it. But I'm going to take Bryce Harper. The odds right now are 4-1 to one in favor for the Cubs to win the World Series. So they're obviously the top dogs. So you're going to have to invest a little bit more money there if you want to see any return. That's kind of my baseball breakdown for now. We're 10% in. I think the Yankees are pretty interesting, starting 1-4 and four and then winning 9 of the last 10. So anything, like we said, could happen. It's 10% of the way through. Xander, I think uh, baseball is going to be fun this summer. It's going to be a lot of fun, and just I want to give a quick rundown on my Mets. I think Syndergaard, DeGrom, Harvey, I would put those against any three starting pitchers in baseball. That's the main reason, along with Yoannis Cespedes and Jay Bruce hitting the cover off the ball. That's that's why they're my pick right now to win the World Series. So hopefully we get an, another NLCS rematch between the Cubs and the Mets. But that's all the time we have here at the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm. You can also find us on Facebook, and we will be back after the break with some talk about some NBA playoffs. What's up, what's up, everybody? We're back here at the Sporting Edge. Unfortunately, Wits just had to take off to Nashville, but like I posted earlier in the week, it is Fan Appreciation Week, so we're going to be joined by Brennan Schlebig and Harry Wall today. First off, I do have to say a little, not a shameless plug, but a little plug. It's my sister's. 18th birthday today, and there's two of them, Caitlin and Aaron Rosenzweig. So happy birthday to my sisters. Happy Earth Day to the world. Uh, Let's have a good interview here, Brennan, and we're going to talk basketball. We're going to start off me being a Cubs fan who didn't have to wait 108 years but knew how long it took for them to win a championship. I was elated, beyond excited, and you, Brennan Schlebig, a huge Cavs fan. I just got to know, how did it feel to see the Cavs win the Larry O'Brien Trophy last year? Well, Ethan, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. Really pumped to do the show. Absolutely. Uh, but in terms of seeing the Cavaliers win, I mean, it was 52 years. And similar to you, I'm only 23, so I didn't wait all 52. But <laughs> that feeling of just Cleveland seeing it just all come full circle, LeBron finishing the promise that he gave us in 2003. Um, obviously, when he left, I got it as a basketball fan or so. <laughs> Was bitter, obviously, as a Cleveland fan, but as a basketball fan, our ownership didn't do enough to get the talent around him. Yeah, he came back. We did. We made moves to actually try to go and win a championship. Um, and seeing three million people come out, you know, in the city in the streets of Cleveland was something that's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Obviously, you guys had five million in Chicago, but the population difference. I mean, it's a little different, I would say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I can say too that. You know, ESPN did a great job with their 30 for 30 on Believeland. And then going back and seeing the new ending after they won, I mean, it made made me tear up again every time I see it. So That's I, mean, a- I get chills every time I see the highlights. And 
fortunately for you and unfortunately for me as an Indians fan, you got the uh, the better end of the three one uh, blown lead. Yeah, the World Series. So it all comes full circle, I guess, in Cleveland. And you know what? The Indians will have their chance again. And Brendan, I got to ask again, real quickly. This is a yes or no feeling, or give me a little emotion, maybe. But we know you, so you're residing right now in Columbus, Ohio, and we're happy to have you as our Columbus fan here. But I have to ask you because you were an athlete in high school, and I know this. You won state titles at baseball, and did you win a state title in basketball? No, no. We, uh, we lost in the Elite Eight. Perfect, but you won that baseball state title. Yeah, we won two. Perfect, two. See, even better. So, yeah. wrap this up into two or into into some emotional feeling here. What was better, you winning those state titles for baseball or the Cavs winning the NBA championship? <laughs> um, I would say probably me winning because that was me actually. So you're a se- you're a selfish fan. We're getting you could say you could say that you could say that. All right, I'll be honest. I I'd probably choose or choose the same thing. Unfortunately, my high school was never really good enough to uh, advance to the state levels. My sister's actually her soccer team, which I've said on the show before, lost in the state finals last year. But that's enough about our hocus pocus and our own lives back in high school. <laughs> We're gonna get into the Western Conference. We know the Warriors. They're gonna go on. I think. Lillard and C.J. McCollum are great. They're super exciting to watch, but when they're putting up 75 points by themselves, there's not much of a competition, so I believe we don't have to spend any time on the Warriors until we get to the NBA Finals talk, Brennan. But the thing that's really interesting me right now is the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Utah Jazz, who need to start making a name for themselves. The Jazz finally back in the playoffs after their Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer's years. So tell me what you think about this series and kind of give me an outcome. Do you think the Clippers are going to hold on or are they just going to implode like they do every single year? Um, I think, honestly, the biggest key of this series, whether or not Gobert is going to be able to come back. Yes. Um, he's. You can make the argument, too, with Gordon Hayward, who's the best player on their team. Um, but that is the biggest question mark and X factors, whether or not he's going to be able to come back healthy and be able to, you know, provide an input in the series. I'm looking right now, DeAndre Jordan's putting up 15 boards a game right now through the playoffs and him not being in there. That just kind of takes away any inside presence really for, um, for the jazz. You know, he's a defensive player of the year candidate protecting the rim and, not having that there kind of lets Lob City do their thing. Yeah, so say he does come back, let's just play it that way, and or you can continue to think he won't come back, whatever you think. Are, are you picking the Clippers kind of no matter what in this situation that they're going to come through, or are you kind of a Jazz guy going to be like, hey, I'm going to jazzy with the Jazz, they're going to move on? I think the Jazz are a year out, to be honest. Okay. I think they overachieved a little bit this year. Um, I think I don't think the, I don't see the Clippers getting past the second round. But you, but you have them in the second round, though. I have them in the second okay. round, though. Um, Chris Paul is just too much for me. I trust him too much with the ball in his hand. He's putting up almost 11 assists a game. I mean, just them being able, J.J. Redick knocking down at a good clip. Yeah, They just have too many weapons, I think, for the Jazz to be able to bounce back, especially if he's not going to be able to play in the middle. Yeah, and I and like you, I had the Clippers moving on, and I did call Sporting Edge fans last week that the Bulls were going to upset the Celtics I, in the series. It's not over yet. But they took two on the road. It's not over. Not until the fat lady sing. Best player on that floor. I, I so agree, com- completely agree. That, and that's how I am with LeBron and my Cavs. If you have the best player on the floor, you're going to give yourself a pretty good chance. No, absolutely. So, like I said, I think the Clippers give 
the Warriors a little tussle. I don't think it's going to be an easy five-game series. I think we could see seven in that series. I just think it would be stereotypical, though, the way they're going to lose in game seven. Some buzzer-beater shot by Steph Curry, probably in Chris Paul's face. It's just kind of the thing I'm looking at, because that Clippers team is just one of those teams you kind of want to see crumble here and there, but you do feel bad a little bit. But we'll get into that in a second, that matchup. We got to kind of go to the other side of the board. The Grizzlies, Spurs, another one of those things where I believe the Spurs are just going to be too much for them. Kawhi Leonard is a defensive freak on his own. It's almost like you'd rather just see Kawhi Leonard go five on one on the court. But the other matchup that's really, really intriguing to me, I think is the most explosive matchup, is the Houston Rockets versus Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm ready for either of those teams really to move on and play this Spurs team. I don't think Russell Westbrook and the Thunder are going to be able to advance, and we'll get your take on this in one second, because this Harden team really has shown. I mean, even with Westbrook scoring 50 points the other night, they still were unable to win. There's nobody else helping Westbrook there. But I think this Rockets-Spurs matchup is going to be one for the ages, and potentially the winner of that series could be in the NBA Finals. I'm not willing to give it to the to the Warriors just yet, but tell me what you think about the Rockets and Thunder, and then moving forward, what you think about either of those teams playing the Spurs. I think the Rockets and Thunder. The Rockets are winning in five. Wow. If the Thunder squeak one out, that's pretty much all they're going to do. Um, honestly, I'm just looking. You look at last night, yeah, Westbrook put up tremendous numbers. He shot 18% from three. 40% barely from the field. He's not going to win games that way. And it's, you said, you know, he doesn't have a ton of help. The roster isn't great. Obviously, when you lose the second or third best player in the league in Kevin Durant, your roster is going to take a little dip. But it almost looks like he doesn't want help. It's, I'm the man. It's my show. It's my MVP campaign. Um, and I think this is the ceiling that they have. They're going to be a 6 7 seed with this current roster unless they get another star in there to play. And then you look at, Houston, I mean, what James Harden's done this year, we're, you know, crucifying him because he didn't have two more rebounds to average a triple-double. Mm. He was putting up 11 assists a game, eight boards, averaging crazy 29, 30 points, I think. And, I mean, you look at those stats, so Russell Westbrook's all of a sudden so much better because he had two more rebounds a game. I'm not ready to buy into that, and I think you're seeing it in this series they're just dominating them. It's Houston's clearly a better team. They have better weapons around James Harden. They run their system better. Um, and really that's been the difference is they have the right guys around Harden and he's willing passer and obviously knows when to pick his spots where yes, obviously, you know, to put up 13 assists in a game, you know, last night Westbrook's a willing passer too, but it's not nearly the same caliber of talent around him. No. Um, so I think Houston wins in five, um, maybe even four. <laughs> what, do you, um, what do you think in terms of when they meet up with the Spurs in the following round? Do you think that is going to be a good series like I'm predicting, or do you think the Spurs kind of are going to handle them as well? The Spurs are always uh, kind of an enigma to me where I never want to pick them, but they're always the most consistent team of the league. Um, so I'm going Houston with it. I think they're going to shoot them out. Perfect. Um, and then being able to probably – it's going to be just who's going to shoot better in the Western Conference Finals with them and uh, Golden State. Perfect. Yeah, and so quick, we're going to do a little rapid fire here because we're at the end of the segment, but pick your NBA champion and then give us your MVP. 
Russell Westbrook's my MVP with 42 triple-doubles, and I'm going with my Cavaliers in seven with LeBron as the finals MVP. Perfect. Thank you so much, Brennan, for joining the show this week. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. You know where to find us. Go on Facebook, give us a review, hit us a like maybe, and you have an opportunity to be on the show one day just like Brennan and Harry. So thank you so much. We'll be back after the break with Harry Wall. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up, what's up, everybody? We're back here at the Sporting Edge. As you heard from last segment, this is Fan Appreciation Week. We're having people come on the show just like you. We just had Brennan Schlebig join us, so thank you very much for that. Right now, we've got Harry Wall, who resides in Cincinnati, Ohio, actually coming to join me and Wits in the Windy City after he graduates here from the University of Dayton. Harry, thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Excited to be here. I'm excited to head to the Windy City. I've uh, literally only been there once, so I uh, hear it's great and excited to kind of tool around and see what's going on. Well, now i got to ask. You've been there once. Did you go to the Bean? I did. I did. I absolutely did. I had a job interview right across the street from the Bean. So I went down early, and I was like, hey, you know, this is apparently is the thing. I don't really get why it's a thing still. But That's, uh, but that's yeah. what I was going to say, actually. In fact, if you're a Chicago listener, can uh, one of you guys message us the importance of the Bean? I mean, I we told you we're Wikipedia people on here, just like Barstool Sports does. But I don't know what that Bean's significance is. I know it's right near Grant Park, which is a great place to go hang out, Harry, and you should have picnics out there. I know you just got into a relationship, so maybe take your, uh, take your date out and, uh, to Grant Park. But that's enough about our personal lives, and we're going to move forward here. But... Big basketball guys. So Ohio, you've got the Ohio State Buckeyes, you've got the Cleveland Cavaliers, and there's a little bit of a you have to pick and choose. I'm assuming you're a Reds guy over Indians guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And go figure the Reds picked this year to have a pretty good start, even though I think they were preseason 30th out of 30th. But uh, but yeah, so Cincinnati Reds, Bengals. So unfortunately, I've had the bad experience of growing up with some really bad sports teams. True, but you do have the Cavs. I do. I do have the Cavs. Although, to be honest, I and partially a New York Knicks fan. I'll tell you why. Oh, fair. So I grew up with basic cable. So the only time I could watch the NBA was the Sunday matinee game. So right when I started watching was when the Lakers were in the middle of their second run of championships. And wow. so the Sunday matinee games was the Knicks followed by the Lakers, two biggest TV markets for uh, like ABC Sports on a, like on a Sunday. So basically I was like, well, I can't be a Lakers fan because I don't want to be a fair weather fan. So I started rooting for the Knicks. This was the year they got Stoudemire. And I was nice. like, oh, hell yeah, we're on the rise. Like, here we go. We're going to rock and roll. Next year we get mellow. I'm like, here we go. Like, we're, we're back. The Knicks are back. They got a super <laughs> fan for a super team. And uh, now they're a dumpster fire. But other than that, we're, uh, we're doing okay. Yeah, we were actually going to bring up the Knicks because I had completely forgotten. Actually, Harry Wall is a fraternity brother of mine. We were in the same pledge class. And I remember being told he was a Knicks fan and... 
as he just said, they're kind of a dumpster fire right now. A lot more going on in the news. Carmelo's kind of a scumbag, as we're learning. Phil Jackson, I also think, is a scumbag. So we're going to get that to or get back to that in a second. But I want to bring up his in-state Cavs. They're hot. They don't really need to play, do they? Right, this, this Pacer series just hasn't been. We're two zero, and we apologize, fans. We're recording here on Thursday because Fan Appreciation Week. We we're convenient for you guys. We want to get you on the show, so we're recording this Thursday for Harry. And uh, we're two zero with the Cavs, and LeBron's won nineteen straight first round matchups. So going on with this series, do you think they're going to sweep this series? And do you think there's even a point to have the Cavs continue playing until they get to the NBA Finals? Well, the Cavs are definitely a lock for the Finals, especially if you look at how crazy the East is right now, where uh, Boston appears to be imploding. The, you know, uh, they just can't seem to when your best player is 5'9". Go Bulls, right? Yeah, absolutely, and we'll get to that. Um, but no, the Cavs are a lock for the Finals. Uh, but the only real question mark with them is their defense. And you see in this first round, C.J. Miles was a shot away from making it a one, you know, from stealing the first game on the road, and uh, and they're going to make it out. But if the defense doesn't tighten up for them, they're going to have trouble against any team out of the West. And so uh, look for that in the kind of the remaining two games. I, I could see a scenario where the Pacers maybe could steal one at home. You know, if uh, if Paul George has a crazy game, but probably most likely a sweep here. Um, and then whoever they get in the next round, uh, they're not even worried about. But they need to lock up that defense, otherwise uh, it's it's going to be troubles in the finals. For them. Yeah, no, and I, I, we've been preaching on this show that I don't care until the NBA Finals, although I took that back last week, everybody, and you knew that when I said that this playoff series is going to be fun. We all heard me call the Bulls going to upset the Celtics in this series. So far, so good. But now let's talk about the potential for the second round matchup for the Cavs, who you said shouldn't be worried, and ultimately I don't believe they should be worried either. They're getting either the Bucks or the Raptors. So, I, I think this is the most fun series currently in the first round of the postseason for the Eastern Conference. I'd like the Bucks coming out of this. I think they could take it in seven. Preferably, they would want it in six, win it on their home court. Or no, at that point, it would be on the Raptors' home court in six? Yeah, Raptors would have the home court advantage. So they would be in seven, actually. Yeah. So in six, yeah. we get to keep them in Milwaukee, where that's where they should win. I love the Bradley Center. If you haven't been able to get there at some point, you need to get there. So this series is fun. Giannis, the Greek freak, he's long. He's showing that he's a, he's a big focal point of this offense. I'm sad Jabari Parker can't be assisting, but they got Chris Middleton along with Greg Monroe down low, John Henson helping them out. I think they battle or match up with this Raptors team pretty good. So I think they're going to come out of this, but again, they don't pose that threat for the Cavs, and neither do the Raptors. And I know you have a lot to say about the Raptors in terms of their potential and that this is a make-or-break year like you will mention. So what are you you thinking about this series as a whole? Well, I I love what you said because it's so true. This is a really interesting series and and kind of a turning point for both franchises. It kind of would put Milwaukee on the map here with a 6-3 upset and kind of show that even though they're young upstart, uh, team, they're 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 here. They're here to compete, and then you make it past the first round of the playoffs. The Raptors on the other side um, are all in on this year and this team. You know they've they've locked up Demar Derozan long term. They have Lowry. They traded for Ibaka, so they have their big three to you know, to compete. Uh, in this league, but unfortunately that big three just doesn't seem like it's going to be enough. It might not even be enough to get out of the first round because, like you said, uh, the Bucks are so long and so lengthy, and, and you know, kind of they seem to be as like you know these teams out west are just you know just shooting threes and not playing defense. The Bucks seem to be looking at basketball and saying, "Hey, let's get the longest, tallest guys, the most athletic guys, and just let them play." And that seems to be working for them. So 
I definitely think the Bucs can steal this one, especially since Kyle Lowry traditionally has played bad in the playoffs, and this year is no exception to that. No, absolutely. I mean, those three-point woes he has in the first round of the postseason, he was 4 for 29 coming into the series. So this matchup, like you said, it's going to be interesting how it comes down and how it finishes, but me and you both agree the Cavs probably shouldn't have much trouble going on after the finish off the Pacers. So let's, real quickly before we finish up our conversation with the Eastern Conference Finals, let's talk about your Knicks here for a second, because I've got you here for two segments. I'm very curious about this Knicks thing. Phil Jackson, I have been thinking, has been in the complete wrong, which I still do. I don't think you talk about your star player and the player you're paying the most this way. Would I like to see Carmelo traded away? Yes, but uh, respecting who Carmelo is, which I might have to change my opinion of after the scandal with Lala, Anthony, I think he wants to stay in New York. I think you keep him there in New York, and you hope maybe he retires at the end of his contract. But try to build around Kristaps Porzingis, not so much Anthony anymore. Anthony could be that role player. He has said he's not going for 30 a game anymore. So this is still keep building because Anthony's still a piece. I know he's not a winning piece, as we've seen from the Nuggets to the Knicks. But you got to help like debunk this funk that we're in when it comes to the Knicks. There's so much going on. Porzingis missing this meeting, Harry. What's going on, and what can the Knicks do to kind of get back on track, per se? Well, it's been a crazy timeline for them this year. If you look all the way back to June, they signed Derrick Ro- you know, they get they pick up Derrick Rose in a trade. A month later, Derrick Rose declares the New York Knicks a super team. Probably a little early for that as we look back on that on that call. Philadelphia Eagle-esque from Vince Young. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So he calls them a super team. Yeah, go figure. Unfortunately, Derrick Rose has a knee injury late in the season. His 100th one. His what yeah, and and then on top of that, uh, but Phil Jackson, it's just it's it's like you said, it's it's mind-boggling because at the end of the day, if he really wants to get Melo out of New York, yes, Melo has a no trade clause. So if for some reason this seems to be the only way he can get him to get out of that no to to agree to that to agree to be traded is to publicly bash him. I you that could be a scenario where you're like, okay, like maybe, but this seems like the absolute worst scenario for making your star player traded because now if you're a star player in the league, New York is a is a mecca for basketball. You have the garden, it's you know, it's the destination spot, but you don't want anything to do with Phil Jackson. So if you're any premier talent in the league right now, you wouldn't want to poke Phil Jackson with a ten and a half foot pole. And uh, while you while players like Porzingis and they think that he's an emerging talent star in this league, again, it, it's no one's going to want to come play with him as long as Phil is there. Yeah. So it's it's really a conundrum. And and on top of that, Phil seems to be attached to this to the triangle, the their offensive mode. Uh, and it seems like there's every year there's this, there's a couple stories that come out that whether it's the players don't like it or the coaches, and and it comes to a question of does the general manager really need to come in and say, hey, here's the offense you should be running, and shouldn't he be getting the pieces to let the coaching staff put in their system? Uh, and so uh, the Knicks essentially are a dumpster fire, and, and it's, it's incredibly unfortunate for for Melo, for Porzingis, for some of these guys, um, and that's just some of the stuff. And people forget, uh, you know, Joakim Noah. Uh, Phil signed him to a four-year, $73 million deal, incredibly overpaid, even before the cap jumped. And now Noah is hurt. He's going to need off-season shoulder surgery. And he's suspended 20 games for um, violating, I believe, drug policy. So just a lot of bonehead moves altogether here. Uh, And it seems like, you know, yes, the Knicks have the seventh pick and the seventh lottery slot in this draft. So hopefully something works out there and, you know, it's a deep draft. They can get something from this. Um, But like I said, uh, you know, rebuilding through the draft is a long and hard process. And it'd be much easier to get someone to come to this destination city, but you got uh, with Phil there. I just don't see a scenario where it happens. Yeah, no, and we're running out of time this segment, but we're going to come back with you, Harry, to talk more about this Knicks 
uh, debauchery or whatever else is going on. But we're also going to finish off our kind of a recap on the Eastern Conference and kind of get your MVP thoughts where they lie right now. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. You know where to find us. We're at the Sporting Edge on Liberty Talk.fm and also iHeartRadio, we found out recently. So go check us out there. We have a new Facebook page opened up earlier this month. Join us, follow us, like us, review us, please, and to give us your thoughts. Once again, we'll be at, back after the break, and this is the Sporting Edge with Wits and Roz. What's up, what's up, everybody? We're back here at the Sporting Edge. we got Harry on for two segments today, and it's actually incredible because I'm excited to explain why. So Harry's in studio today here at the University of Dayton. We're back in Dayton. I know I've been traveling around the country a lot doing this show from St. Louis to Chicago. You know where I've been, everybody. But we're doing something brand new today. We've got our Silver Yeti. It's a new microphone that me and Wits will be implementing more when we do traveling shows. When we're back together in Chicago, obviously we're on the graduation trail, but we're using this new Silver Yeti, this new mic. I think it's gorgeous. It looks beautiful. We're going to send pictures out on our social media, but super excited to be using that. Super excited to be testing out with Harry, who is our actual NBA analyst now. So you'll be hearing from Harry just like you've been hearing from Mike Straface on and off through the rest of our show's history. So Harry, we're going to go back to the next real quick. I, I'm a big keeping up with the Kardashians person, and I don't think many people who listen to the show probably are, but I'm, I'm willing to start my own reality TV show. I'll be the producer. We can do keeping up with the Knicks, or better yet, keeping up with Phil Jackson, because the issue I see here is, and I'm not a relationship guy. I'm actually very single right now, and I've never been much of a relationship person. I would be good on dates. I like paying for meals and everything, but let's just do like a scenario. So if I have a girlfriend, and she has problems on dates where she just chews her food openly. It sounds loud. It's sloshy. I'm not going to go to the Chicago Tribune and let everybody know that this needs to change and maybe I need to find somebody else to be dating. I'm going to have a personal, private conversation within the bearings of our household or her household, and we're going to get this figured out. Phil Jackson, on the other hand, just is a massive drama queen, and I think you were alluding to that, and that's why I want to start this reality TV show, because he will not back off Carmelo, and he's just putting this bad image out there, a little bit entertaining, a bad image out there for all the fans and all the other players in the league who potentially could come to the Knicks. And then on top of that, we could guess, we could go into that Carmelo and Lala Anthony thing. I mean, if he's cheating with strippers at this point, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, Lala's a beautiful woman, and she's been great. They have their own reality reality TV show as well. Maybe we'll hop onto that one. But it's a, it's a circus like we were talking about in New York. I'm sorry that you're such a loyal fan and are dealing with that right now. But outside of that, we're going to hop back into the Eastern Conference because we've been rocking and rolling at that. We have neglected the Wizards and the um, Atlanta Hawks. A uh, matchup where I thought the Hawks could really demonstrate something. They got Paul Millsap and Dwight Howard down low. I haven't really watched much of the Hawks this year, but that to me that seems just like a very dynamic duo down low. Obviously, Dwight Howard, though, similar to Carmelo Anthony, kind of a cancer to a team, never really a big winner. He did get to the finals with uh, Magic way back when they got swept, unfortunately. But this team I was very excited for, especially with the explosiveness of this Washington Wizards team. And if you can go into that a little bit, I mean, I love John Wall, but what else are you seeing from this Wizards team that kind of gets you scared if you're the Celtics or Bulls coming out for the next round? Oh, absolutely. You're uh, you're a little worried because of how well they're playing. You know, it was a strong second half of the season for both Wall and Bradley Beal, and then Marcin Gortat is playing well down low. Uh, and it's, as sports as sports of a cliche as it is, they just seem to be clicking well on all cylinders. And what you're really seeing in this matchup with the Hawks is the better players are winning the game, and that's and unfortunately for the Hawks, the best player on the court in that game is John Wall, and the second best player might be Bradley Beal, and you might slate. Uh, 
Paul Millsap is the third best player in the se- in the series, and and that's just not enough. And uh, and especially now in a guard dominated league, when your two best players are on one team, uh, you're just not going to win four of seven games. Yeah, no, and. You're right. It's a guard-driven league, and you see that in the West Coast absolutely during the Western Conference play. But I think that it's so cool, this Washington Wizards team. And that's why I kind of give the Wizards the best opportunity to give the Cavs a little bit of a scare. They would meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just, I love John Wall. I don't know what it is. I really love Kentucky players from Anthony Davis to John Wall. Eric Bledsoe, all these guys. Devin Booker was super successful with the Suns at the end of the season, putting up that massive point total. Mm -hmm. Forgot the the total number. I don't know if you remember. 70. 70. He got 70. I mean, that's crazy. That's like almost Kobe Bryant level right there. And I'm just excited to watch John Wall play. He's so explosive. It's unbelievable how fast he can get to the rim, as well as the passes I've been seeing. I mean, he's getting his double-doubles. He's not a triple-double machine like Russell Westbrook, which we're going to get into here in about a second. But you got to be excited for this Washington team. And it would be pretty funny to see a little Washington-Chicago uh, matchup. you got two big markets right there, D.C., Chicago, for the next round. And we're just going to pretend that that's the outcome at this point. What do you see? Do you see a quick exit for the Bulls when they go up against Washington? Uh, potentially, you know, it's one of those things where you don't you don't really know how big of a factor, um, uh, you know, uh, winning a series could be for this Bulls team. They, you know, they kind of are, you know, they snuck in. They snuck in as the eighth seed, uh, and I believe almost a tiebreaker over Miami. You know, just barely made it in here. Uh, but you're seeing kind of uh, in that in their two zero lead over the. Celtics, just how kind of vulnerable this East is, and how and why LeBron didn't care about seeding because this one over this first overall seed, Boston, uh, you know, their best player is five nine, and he's a defensive liability. And like I said before, the best player on the court is Jimmy Butler, who's proving it down the stretch. Uh, and when you can, you know, when you're stopping, when they're stopping Isaiah Thomas in the fourth quarter, uh, these games aren't even close. You know, and Bobby Portis is playing really well. Um, appears to you know, uh, and and I, I think really the big thing for. Uh, for the Bulls is that they they had three big personalities and there's only one ball but they had three big personalities and Wade Rondo and Butler and I think the three of them just kind of figured out that when the playoffs started they said hey you know what like we can figure this out later but right now like we need to win these games and that's really what you're seeing on the court so if they get in the second round uh, which is looks like they might do um, you could see a scenario where uh, I see that that those guards matching up well with uh, with the Wizards guards for sure for sure yeah no absolutely and you know how much I love Dwayne Wade you Sporting Edge fans he's my favorite player in the league I told you I signed my uh, my free agency rights over to Chicago Bulls in terms of team of interest this year, I've been riding with the Heat. I've been riding with my Marquette Golden Eagles for this for this lovely man, Dwayne Wade. So they had a player only meeting, and by player only, it was only Rondo, Butler, and Wade. They really seem to come together. They're playing very well. Wade with 22 points in the last game. He shot an amazing looking three, in my opinion. I know why am I just calling out one three, but it's just it's showing his games evolving again, which it needs to do. He's 32 years old, almost 33, and I'm not going to say he's slowing down. And Xander tried to force me to say that. I think D Wade is going to be around for a little while. Maybe it's not on the Bulls. We'll see how that all turns out. But D Wade is going to he's going to find some room to win some more championships. It might not be this year, and it might not be next. But it's he's still uh, he's still feisty, and I still love seeing him play. But outside of that, we just mentioned Russell Westbrook. We're still perplexed. There's four fantastic options at potential MVP, and we got Schleybig's opinion of it and who he thought was going to be MVP. I'm kind of curious to ask you who you think is going to be MVP. Obviously, I keep saying it day in and day out that averaging a triple-double, it can't be asked of anything else. He's got to be the MVP. Oscar Robertson won it back when he did it, and he's the only other player ever to do it. 
But you can make the argument for Harden. You can absolutely make the argument for LeBron James, who's shooting 55% this year, the highest of anybody that's not a forward or center. And then Kawhi Leonard, who defensively just changes the game. I mean, who is your MVP currently? If I had a vote, I'd give it to Russell Westbrook, like you mentioned, averaging a triple-double. And at the end of the day, uh, most valuable player. And Russell Westbrook is the reason his team made it to the playoffs, the reason his team was a success. And I think the reason he's really going to win it is the fact that the MVP voting comes down to it's like 131 ballots. Uh, 130 of them are writers and broadcasters that will actually fill out a legitimate legitimate ballot. And then there's like a Kia MVP fan vote. Uh, And so... And so the fact that that Westbrook broke the triple double record um, while hitting a three to win a game late in the season, I think that's an MVP moment, and I think that stuck with a lot of people and a lot of voters. And like you said, I just think it's going to be hard for the majority of voters to uh, convince themselves that Harden had a better season uh, and was more important to his team than Westbrook was to his. But like you said, uh, a lot of great candidates out there. Uh, it's one of those things where. Uh, who knows? It could be wacky if if Westbrook and Harden do end up splitting a lot of these votes. Um, if if we see if we see the point totals end up being close for maybe a, a Kawhi or a LeBron uh, who just appear on every ballot to maybe sneak up there and make it a little bit closer. But I definitely think Westbrook walks away with this one, uh, and he obviously deserves it outside of the triple double. Just the fact that he like, was willing his team to win. That being said, um, I don't think that they make they have a chance to make it past the uh, the Rockets in this first round. Yeah, and hopefully that doesn't go into the voting and obviously it is announced before the end of the series so it won't be much of a deal I know people are complaining about that first game and how Harden absolutely outplayed Westbrook but Westbrook just came back with 50 points I know they still lost but it's really he's the only man on that team doing anything and quickly before we're out of time here Harry give us your pick who's winning the NBA championship this year uh, I'm going to go Cavs just because uh, Kevin Durant, uh, if that injury lingers, I feel like we've been down this road before, and uh, so I'll take LeBron. Awesome, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, too. I see a little bit of the Warriors being in shambles come finals time, but that's all the time we have this week, everybody. Thank you for joining us in Fan Appreciation Week. If you want to be on the show, message us, reach out to us, invite more friends to like. We'll do another one in the near future, but thank you guys so much. You know where to find us at LibertyTalk.fm. This is Sporting Edge. Follow us, review us. We're super excited that you guys are our fans. Have a great week everybody revolutionary talk for revolutionary times liberty talk event